The entrance of God's word gives light and understanding to the simple. Be yielded and open your hearts to the light of God's word through his servants, Pastor Chintok Ishaku. God bless you. said Lord you know that I love you God gave him an assignment it means that the proof that we love the Lord is that we drink of his cup that wherever the Lord wants to go to we become the feet that carry him there whatever the Lord wants to express if there's a burden in his heart our hearts become the resting place Upon which he can pour his burden and then return to rest. Because he knows we will take it all the way by his grace. That if the Lord wanted to touch, we didn't have any personal private space anymore. Because our private space is taken. Truth is, by now you should have realized that there is no private space with anybody who wants to follow God. He will barge into his, your space. His assignment will also barge into your space. His people will barge into your space. So you can't do God and have personal space. There's no space for anybody who tries to do God. The day you tried to do God, that day you lost your space. Because you can only rest when he asks you to. Sometimes it's in the oddest of your feelings that he sends the people who are in their deepest of needs. And the realization that it is no longer you who lives, but Christ who lives in you constrains you in the midst of everything you want to do personally. We understand while we live on this side of eternity that it is no longer I that lives. It is Christ that lives in me. And this is actually the best way to access the power of God. Because if we cried for power all night and he poured power upon unwilling vessels, what we will do is we will use his power to achieve our ends. But if we died and we didn't have private spaces anymore, then we are ready for a baptism of power and fire. Because when a baptism of power comes, we are too dead to have a personal reason to use it. We don't have an agenda anymore. We have lost our lives. And everything that we ever want to be from that moment onward is to be everything he wants us to be. So that he can find full expression. That point in our existence where our true satisfaction is knowing that he is glorified. Please hear me, Joel. I didn't say our true constraint is that he is glorified. I said our true satisfaction. That we get to a place where being dead becomes our delight. That the only things we glory about and we long for are the things that reveal that we are dead people. Paul said I will not glory like a fool. Because he showed us how fools glory. He showed that what a fool does is he glories in his achievements. Then he said, 
But I only glory in my weaknesses so that the power of Christ might be all the more seen. What Paul was simply speaking about was the fact that he will not glory in the things that look like achievements in the earth. He rather glory in the places where he is weak. So that when the power of Christ comes out of there, it will be obvious that it is God who is working in me, both willing and doing of his good pleasure. It's a different day. You can't live like you lived yesterday. It's a different day. You can't live for the same things you lived for yesterday. It's a different day. When you wake up, you know that this day has its own demands. It's a different day. Not because it's one of the cliches we have to repeat in church. But it's a different day. Because as it were, even darkness is multiplying in the earth. That you cannot use yesterday's answers for today's needs. And because darkness is multiplying, then we must posture now more than ever before to receive the light of God so that we can answer to darkness. Because tonight I intended by the Spirit of God that we see how to preach. Where do you preach from? What are the things that make our message effective? What makes our message effectual? Because we can preach like work. But we can also preach knowing where the heart of the Father is. We can carry the glad tidings and make it look sad because of the way we bear it. But we can bear the glad tidings gladly. Men need to look into our lives and see that we have chosen not to live any other way. Because we are filled with the delight of doing his will. I said we will arrive at the place where our true satisfaction is doing his will. We delight in it. We are not constrained to do it. We live for it. Nobody is forcing us to do it. It comes out of us naturally. We don't have to think through to live it. That's how we will live. And until we arrive there, then the story has not begun. Because I wish I could run through a few scriptures and show you that we sit on a double-edged sword. The judgment of many and the salvation of many. And we have the right to expect that there will be a flood in like there was. Not in Sodom and Gomorrah because nobody was saved there. But like it was in Nineveh because everyone was saved there. No generation can go out to truly preach if we don't believe that our message will be received. So that even as men reject our message, even if they do, we understand our portion in scripture. But the next day we come out, we come out believing that all can be saved. Because when Jesus died on the cross, he didn't die for a few Christians. He died for everyone. Amen? And I believe that in this life, on this side of eternity, the Lord will honor the sacrifice of Jesus and walk the repentance of many. Is anybody following me? I said I believe. That on this side of eternity, while I live, 
The Lord will honor the sacrifice of Jesus and bring many to the saving grace and power of the gospel. Because Jesus didn't die for a few. And we have the right to believe. We have the right to believe. Because really, no evangelist goes to preach like Jonah. When you go to preach, you must go to preach believing that those who hear you will receive you. Maybe we should start like this. Thank you guys. Listen. How much have preached between Sunday and today? You had the time to share Jesus with somebody. Okay. I want to see your hands. I want to see it. Don't be very polite about it. Just lift up your hand. Thank you. Uh-huh. Drop your hands. How many of us encountered a serious challenge? How many of us were discouraged when we were done? Okay. Led somebody to Jesus while we went to preach. You know, the first question was, how many of us went to preach? All right. How many of us led someone to Jesus? Somebody received Christ as you went to preach. One, two. Okay. The rest of us. How many of us were discouraged after we preached? One, two, three. Who else? Who else? Help me, help me. You were discouraged after we preached. Is, is you guys I want to start with today, okay? Just lift up your hands. I want to... Where's the second mark for? Please, move it to them, yeah? Out here. What, what exactly punctured you? And nobody should remember anything while they are speaking. Because I like church people. You like to look holy. Don't remember anything while they are speaking. Says only three of them that were discouraged after they finished preaching. And I pray for you that their reason for discouragement will be different. Your own. And next time you learn to raise your hand. Please send the Steve, come and sit down here. Joel, clear that seat for me. Let me sit there. Pass that here. That's your permanent seat from today. Continue. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I was discouraged because um, the response I was expecting had pictured the manner in which he was going to respond and then he did not. So I just felt, well, I think he was not the right person. I should have entered the next camp. Do you understand? Did you hear his story? Oh, you did not hear his story. Okay. Mamo did not hear his story. And you know she's your number one fan. So. Mama SP. Eh. I'm just exposing her to you. Eh. Go ahead. <coughs> just in case that's the reason why you didn't hear him the first time. Let's go, sir. I said his his response was not what I'd pictured. Uh-huh. I'd already pictured, okay, when I see this, probably he might enter, either go here or here, then I'll attack him from here. Yeah. And because he was a Muslim, and then I felt, perhaps, I think it was, it was not the right car I was supposed to enter. I should have entered the other one. Do you understand? So, you was expecting, he had programmed a response, and he already had a prepared answer for the response. And then the response didn't come the way he programmed it. He was now thinking, Kai, this might not be the person the Lord sent me to. Right? Can I hear you? Um, what's your name? Um, Anita, blessing. Um, what's your name? Blessing. blessing. I, the way I picture everything was like, it's going to be very fast. 
Like when I just preach, it's just going to go the way I wanted it instead. Well, it go the way I planned. The person attacked you, or the person didn't answer you, or the person. The person didn't answer me. I was like, holy girl, just forget about the whole thing. So. <laughs> they, they called her holy girl. All right. Who, who is the last person? Who's the last person? Okay, it was you. Praise God. It was just like pouring water on the stone. You know, I expect you are preaching. Like he's realizing sin. The side of the person is looking at you like, okay. All right. Amen. Now, I felt led to start that way tonight. To say to you, there were two men who went to preach this gospel and were beaten for it. And when they came out from being beaten, they were grateful that at least they had the privilege to share. Are you following me? Because when you put an auto-response in your mind, because you see, um, we are a result-driven generation. And we collect our validation from the results we see. You understand what I'm saying? That's the reason. All, almost all of our pressures come from there. Eh? Okay. When your classmate sends you card and says, How are these next Saturday? <laughs> people have been talking about they have, they have been talking about it, these girls. All their mates are married. Cassie. That's how you know I'm a man of God. Did you tell me that part? That's what I was saying last week. I will pick you for the example of what is worrying you. Hmm? When are your mates gift? sending you card to say to you, at my wedding is this Saturday. Then you are thinking, if that brother comes, I will slap him. What has he been doing since? Eh? Did you say that to your heart? You have said it before. Like, what was he waiting for? When other people's brothers were showing up, he should have showed up. Right? Has anybody ever been there? Eh? All of our pressures come because we are result-oriented generation. We believe God is working when they are seeing me and my babe while working on this. Do you understand? That's the only proof that God has worked for me. Caleb, that meet my fiance. Okay. You haven't stretched your hand to meet her. You're not afraid of the man of God's fiance. Do you understand? When they say meet my fiance, that fiance, the way they say it. They say it like it's an achievement. You have not even considered what dog. I mean, what a guagua. What cow is standing there? Do you get what I'm saying? Nobody is considering the quality of what is presented. The end of it has become like a status married so the average girl thinks that marriage is an achievement it's not if it was nobody will leave marriage <laughs> people are marrying and packing up in three months everything they were looking for in marriage they found it some other things they didn't look for that they also found <laughs> Is anybody following me? Yes, sir. 
And it was not our fault. We were toned into it. Both by the secular world and unfortunately the church. Because when you are standing publicly to speak, whether secularly or within the framework of the church. For instance, there are conferences you go to preach, Pastor Tavi. That I want to invite you. When they ask you, I'm talking about Christian conferences. When they ask, how many people sit in his church? If you say 300, you just lost that invitation. Because it's a disrepute to his reputation. That he didn't find a pastor to bring is you. I struggle with 200 members. If your gospel is working, prove it. Fill up these empty spaces. Are you following me? So at the end of the day, we enter into every kind of skimishing and skimming Exodus. Because we want to present result. That's the problem that a girl gets when she's approaching 27, 28. The moment she's approaching 27, 28, she's thinking, all my mates are married. That other one that was my bunkmate, she now has three children. And the moment we became a result-oriented generation, we stopped worrying about the results of God and became worried about the accolades and the accreditations of men. Listen to me. Ada, the accreditations of men are useful for only one thing. To open up doors for you that God has ordained for you to enter. Hear me. And sometimes God refuses you the accreditation of men so that when he opens the door, men can know. Oh God. Are you following me? Listen to me. I said two things. They sounded contradictory, but I was in my right spiritual senses when I said them. Raymond, if I graduated with a first class and I had a 4.8 in my master's degree and I cleared, did a discovery in my doctorate, the world came to study it. What is it useful for to God? Really, all that that is useful for, sir, is to open the door so that the average guy who feels like he has swallowed book, who won't have listened to you until you have book, can now open up. Then a door opens and then you enter. But hear me, God is not restrained or restricted by that. Sometimes he takes fishermen, works his own working in the fisherman, and brings him to the place where the professor cannot deny him. Both of them are workings of God. So Raymond, if you ever desire result, the only basis upon which you can desire result. So the kind of churches that will not invite you until you have 5,000 members. Actually, when God gives you 5,000 members, it's supposed to be so that you can go and scatter those kind of congregations. Oh, I wish you heard me. Because maybe they won't have opened their doors until... You had that kind of profile. 
then when you stand upon those kind of pulpits make a mess of everything they exalt all my friends said they sat down to they wanted to do a music program in a particular church and then they called her name and then somebody in the circle said who knows her that time not too many people knew her somebody was in that committee who had been in a meeting where she ministered and the power of God fell so the guy was saying if it's a worship meeting we want to do let us invite this person she's got the grace got the anointing the power the fire and then they said that she does not have the profile positively so you don't have the profile nobody's asking whether you have the anointing nobody's asking whether you have the word whether you have the approval of the holy ghost what they're asking is whether you have the because actually the reason for the worship meeting is not the presence of god it's the crowd the presence of men so my friend said four or five years later when she now had profile they called her she said she was not going i said something is wrong with you i said that's the best time to go i said when you go there tell them god doesn't work with the profiles of men he picks men from the backside of the desert and sets them as kings then you lead songs of repentance and leave their microphone speak about deviations I've told myself anywhere they call me to preach this gospel if Jesus permits me to go I will go and I will go especially to the people who have defiled the power of this gospel and preach about the very things they have defiled paradventure God has men locked in there. The least that we happen is that when I'm done and gone, you are so angry you never invite me again. That's the least that we happen. And in this camp meeting, God even solved that matter for me. Pastor said, he doesn't want to meet anybody twice. I picked it up as a target. I said to the Lord, I don't want to go to any congregation twice anymore except if you have constructive work for me to do among the people. If not, let one time be enough. Do you know what it means for one time to be enough, Ella? I think I asked you guys here. Woman that Jesus delivered from prostitution. Did you ever ask what her life became from the next week? How did she used to feed? Now how did she used to feed? Prostitution. What was the way she got money to take care of herself? How was she living daily? So, if Jesus delivered her from prostitution, is that a breakthrough? It's a setback. What was Zacchaeus' life the next Monday? How did Zacchaeus become prominent? He was stealing people's money. 
way to defraud you in your tax. Right? And I hope you know that if you have started living a high profile life, you are going to need a lot to maintain that profile life. I hope you know that. Uh-huh. Now, if Zacchaeus had said, I have stopped doing what I was doing, it's alright. Zacchaeus said that day, if I have defrauded anybody, I will give him four times. That means the likelihood is that when Jesus was leaving that guy's house, he left him financially bankrupt. On Monday, when Zacchaeus went to work, do you think he was thinking of Jesus as breakthrough? What was his life on Monday? So he learned too many things at once. Consecration, separation, faith, dependence on the Lord. He had to learn it at once. Because by Monday, everything he knew as fruitful was gone. Do you realize that that's the fear of the average person who doesn't want to meet Jesus? If you meet a nympho, male or female, I hope you guys know what a nympho is. If you don't know, check your dictionary after service. If you meet a nympho, male or female, he has just finished rolling on his bed six hours after the last action. He's rolling on his bed and looking for the next action. When you tell that kind of person, give your life to Jesus, who needs a six-hourly dose to survive? You don't know what I'm talking The guy is thinking, I'm already dying. If you meet a guy who is hooked on weed, that's the reason why one of the elements you must add to the gospel is its power. Because us, if you meet a guy who gets high, he gets a high on something. And once he's hooked there, he's alright. If time passes, and I hope you know the more addicted you are, the less time it takes. Yeah? If eight hours pass and he has not he's not done weed or he has not smoked coke, he literally begins to shake if you tell that guy come to jesus what's the first thing challenging his mind is his coke how mango survived oh boy you miss a man no go stone that's the reason why raymond we can't go preaching the gospel without its power and the power of the gospel is not just the power to convince. It's also the power to deliver. So when Jesus said to that woman who was caught in the very act of adultery, go and sin no more. Okay? He wasn't telling her, hey, be careful, don't go and sin again. No. Because maybe when you sin, I'll not be in Kapanao. I'll not be around here. They'll not kill you for nothing. So sin no more, you hear? You know that's how the average Christian reads that scripture. 
But the words of Jesus were not descriptive. They were creative. The moment he said, go and sin no more. What he did was he infused in her a new ability. A new nature. So that woman, Raymond, walked away from the presence of Jesus. Knowing that that fountain. Did, did you, do you understand? That's like the woman with the issue of blood. She felt the fountain dry up instantly. Listen to me. When we go to preach the gospel, we must be conscious that the gospel comes with the power to dry the fountain from which sin comes. David, if we remove the power to dry the fountain, the, we will leave the people twice as worse as they were before. Because they'll be struggling with the same things we found them in. Are you following? So smoking fountain can dry up. No, no. Prostitution fountain can dry up. Sin fountain can dry up. There is no fountain from which sin springs that the power of salvation cannot dry so when a man is saved don't forget to say to him go and sin no more Pastor TV, it was too audacious Jesus to look at us and say whosoever sin you forgive is forgiven have you ever thought of how much power is in that it was you who was talking to Ella. And God said to you, whoever sin you forgive, is forgiven. And if you are a spiritual child, what you'll be thinking of is, that means if anybody offends me, I don't forgive them. Jesus will hold it against them. Rubbish. You won't make heaven. No, no. It was simply saying that the moment you declare that sin has no dominion. And you declare Josiah with sense of consciousness. Can you help me with this microphone now? You declare with a sense of consciousness that really I'm not addressing you. It's, it was like when Jesus looked at Peter and said, Get thee behind me, Satan. Who do you think he was talking to? Peter. Satan. So Abaka, you can't go to preach and not be conscious that sin is the power at work. So that as you speak, address the sin too. Is anybody following me? Hear me. I'm going to read on in Matthew chapter and I'll, I'll just show you something from there. But watch this. Because we are a result-oriented generation, Israel, number one, we do not raise our head and just, are you satisfied with my sacrifice? Are you satisfied with me? If there is 
listen, you are the thing that you want from me. I will give to you until you are satisfied. See, when you arrive at certain places, you will know that even God does not defy the will of man. I mean, God, seated in heaven, can will a thing. Man will say no to it, and God does not have a choice. So one of the things you must arm yourself with as you go to preach is you must know that men still have a will. You remember we read from John chapter 3 and we spoke clearly about the intent of God. That truly the intent of God is that no man should perish. Peter repeated it. He said, God is not willing that any man should perish. But he is willing that all should come to repentance. God started a new teaching for me today. When I was thinking about that scripture, you know what I discovered? That Peter was saying that in the light of the fact that some people now consider slackness, the fact that Jesus is not coming. Then he is now telling you that, no, 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 no. If Jesus had his way, he would have returned. God is extending the time, hoping. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's not like soon was not soon enough for him. It's just that Magdalene, he was setting the time and just hoping. That was how I knew that iniquity must be full in the earth before Jesus returns to. I oh God. We will, when we make the transition into the next set of teachings, you will understand it. How the man of sin and the son of God will come into their fullest potential in the same day. It's a day the earth has never seen. Every spiritual being is going to be standing on its toes on that day. I read a drama in scripture. That was my meditation this morning. God will stretch it. Okay? He will stretch it to the last limit. Waiting for one more sinner. Oh God. No, no, no. no. As I was saying it, I was hoping you will be seeing the heart of God for a dying world. Sephas, that's what I came to preach to you. That if we don't carry the kind of heart God carries for the sinner, we will lose the effectual sharp edge of our preaching sword. That means, Baba, in your, in your life, there must be a few set of sinners that you have sworn that till the day you see them breathe their last, you will not give up on believing they will be saved. That's how God does it. <laughs> let me tell you there's a Jonah model and if you carry the Jonah model of preaching you will die in this generation you will just die because Jonah had a model it's a 21st century model of Christianity he wanted result and he wanted it fast. And he didn't care if the result was the result in the heart of God. How 
does a man go to preach hoping that destruction will follow? God told him why he was going to destroy. He said their iniquity was full. Abi, That means if he can get somebody, one intercessor, who can reduce the the, the fullness of the cup, then God will linger a little. See, let me help you understand. When they say iniquity is full, let me help you understand what it means. Your best picture of full iniquity is in Genesis chapter 11 at Babel. John something. When God says their iniquity is full, it means there's no hope anymore. It means that they have exercised their heart in rebellion such that salvation cannot reach them. Oh God. Let me explain to you. And when, if that rebellion continues, that rebellion will possess the earth like Lucifer. You understand? And in God's agenda, God is not about to destroy this earth as far. He's not about to recreate this earth like he recreated uh, in Genesis chapter 2. This earth, the next thing that will happen to it is that it will pass away. So that a new heaven and a new earth can come from God. And in fact, even the passing away of the earth that now is, will be the revelation of the fullness of the iniquity of the man of sin. That's the reason why in that day when he comes, what he will do is he will take everyone who has the mark of the Son of God, then permits the man of sin in the earth, so that he rises to full iniquity. Because God does not bring judgment until mercy's train, that last train of mercy has been broken. Oh God. the intent of this teaching is not to revelate around you it's to show you how deep the father's love for us how vast beyond all measure that he's looking into the heart of a man and when he's seeing one meditation one thought left of the possibility of God you are thinking oh the guy is saying there's no God Ah, he's saying they should leave the world to be free and God is looking. And he's looking for just that tiniest little space. If there is still in the man, I hope I'm not wrong. God still sees hope. Now, I'm speaking to you about a cup of iniquity being full in a man. So that you can understand what it then means for a cup of iniquity to be full in a generation. Because if the cup of iniquity is full in this man, and it's not full in all these other men, God will now be hoping that in saving this one, he might still be able to topple this one and save him. Oh. And he will wait until darkness fills this one, fills this one, fills this one. Then there is one man left. That was Lot. The just one. One man. So Abraham was interceding and saying, Lord, if you find. But you see, Abraham didn't reach one because actually 
in that system what has to happen is the lord has to take out the righteous because he cannot destroy the righteous and the sinner in one fold so it means god was hoping that the witness of lord will affect even if it was one man in sodom let one man's perspective change so that even if at the end he has to destroy sodom let the men not die with the city And somebody says to you, you know, those of you who are on the church WhatsApp page, and if you're not there, get there. Interesting conversations happen there. I watch all of you, so post carefully. So Tunde shared, how many of you saw what Tunde shared about his friend? His friend now asked, if God loves, how would he be threatening you with? No, 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 no. God has never threatened anybody with perishing. He only told you the end consequence of your decision. That in that day, even though he is willing to save you, but by the law of divine justice, which no man should have a problem understanding, because we also have justice and judgment on the earth. By the law of divine justice, you can't have lived like this and received this kind of reward. following me so in case you think the world is dark god is willing to wait for the world to be darker listen to me i didn't say the world has to be darker i said god is willing to wait that means Jesus, the only way you can prolong the existence of the earth is by saving some You know, a fool will say, well, since we want the earth to finish, let's save none. My brother, save none. No. I wish I was talking to believers. That means with every one man I save, the hope of God rises. Mamana, that hope rising is what the Bible meant when he said the whole of the angels of heaven go into holy rampage a party breaks out in heaven when God sees one sinner listen to me the joy in the heart of God you cannot quantify when he sees one man repenting what he has what is making God dance is the power of hope looking at him saying, we got one. That means we can get more. We can get more. See how far he went. See how easily he turned. That means we can get more. Listen to me. If you are hearing me, what you'll be hearing is, that means with every one sinner saved, heaven's grace poured out in the earth for believers to get others saved multiplies. Am I making sense to you? I said with every one sinner that gets saved, Charles, the hope of heaven just comes alive. 
Because the earth is ruled by the choices of men. And it will also be ruined by the choices of men. Listen to me. God has already determined later in his heart that that day is coming. But he hopes to slow that day down even if it is to save So when the Bible says God is not willing that any should perish. It means God has never sat down in heaven and desired for the perishing of any man no matter how much evil he has done. Ella, that's how powerful the working of forgiveness must be in us. No, no. No, you don't understand what I'm saying. That even if the man or the woman has done you evil perpetually, there's no space in you to hate them. That's how God is. That's how he is. Is anybody with me tonight? He doesn't give up under <laughs> you know in that song the songwriter said the vilest offender who truly believes he said when that moment from Jesus a pardon no 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 John he said the vilest offender do you know what it means to be the vilest offender? That means God does not look down and say, these, these are the people spoiling other people's children. And that's how dangerous it is for you to let other people affect you. Because he can teach you villainy. He can teach it to you. Then lift up his head and get saved. And you continue to destruction. No, it's not like God planned for you to be destroyed. No, 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 no. That's not the idea. But God cannot do anything without your choice. So you must believe. You remember our, our circle in Romans said, How will they believe in him whom they have not heard? Yeah, yeah. Is anybody following me? If we don't see the sinner from where God sees the sinner, we will not be effectual in the salvation of the lost. I am telling you how hopeful God is. Exodus. A man who enters that level of hope cannot finish preaching to one person who didn't give his life to Christ and live with his tail in between his legs. He knows the work just started. You remember I said to you, start from Jerusalem. Do you remember that on Sunday? And I said to you, Jerusalem is home, office. People who you know. That means, Kevas, if you are sitting in the same office space with me, it's not that I'll preach to you today and leave you for the rest of your life. No, 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 no. No, no. I'm on your matter. My brother, you are my seatmate. I'm on your matter. I'll be on your matter until when I come around, you just be thinking, kai, kai, kai. 
You know there are certain things I can't talk about now because he will answer. When my wife offended me yesterday, I slap her. That's, thing, That's why I told you you need Jesus. If you had Jesus, he would have brought you peace. Let me tell you, all of us have wives that offend. But you know, when my wife offends me, I lift up my eyes to the hills from whence come my help. Sometimes you need to be quoting the scripture like that. You'll be remembering Sunday school. He said, and when I say to Jesus, help me, a strange power comes into me and controls my anger. It brings me to rest. Then I look at my wife and I discover she's just behaving childishly. Then I treat her like a child. So why all this holy, holy talk? Say, no, 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 no. I'm just telling you how it happens with me. So boy, I see one set baby yesterday. I don't swear say I must carry and go to the party. You know, since I psyched the baby, she followed me. He said, I saw a fine girl yesterday. But you know, I lifted up my head and I thought, what it will feel like. The problem is when they are just in those kind of things, you are more irritated. But that's a sinner. That's all he knows. You can't be irritated as a, as a sinner. You can't. That's all he knows. Then you are irritated. Then when they start, they start singing until I wear my crown. Even the guy is happy that he's dealing with you. Do you understand what I'm saying? Watch Jesus. Every time he entered the evangelical space, he flowed with the conversation till he got you. That's the wisdom of serpents. That guy say, oh boy, that party, eh? Oh boy, I suck stone. He said, boy, that party go, now you suck Where you wake up? No, you forgot her. Say for me for your bed. They have to come and clean it. They say, oh, I was in church day for yesterday. The high, eh? Oh boy, I jumped. I nearly touched the railing. Oh boy, that high. I know what? When I came out, I felt like if I see the sick, they will be healed. That's the after effect of my high. There is, oh God, how does an unbeliever silence you in a conversation? How? You that is looking for a soul, they are doing getting angry because he said he slept with three girls yesterday. They are if I don't sleep with sixteen, said three, uh, about three smaller. Still I sleep with three. Don't worry. You know, say in Jesus' record, you are adding to your work because those three you slept with. When you get born again, you have to follow all of them. So your best interest be adding the number because you will soon save all of them. Let me give one of my friends just. He's a preacher now. When we're children, from primary one, that boy had a girlfriend. I'm not joking. When my friend was 10, he was dating a girl who was 16. (laughs) 
I'm not joking. You know the person I'm talking about? Kai, okay, okay, I'll tell you later. Before I call his name inside international radio. When my friend was 10, he was dating a girl who was 16. He was, they dated for two years. He was 12, she was 18. I'm not joking. So, what he used to do then was that when I come back, it was my neighbor, not very far from me. When we come back, we used to have this good news club in front of them, Suleiman's house. That's what we used to do our good news club. What he will do is, when he wants to check any babe who comes for good news club, then you attend good news club. And I was always the preacher in good news club. When I see him that time, I was still a child. I will get angry. I will preach about hell. How God will punish you. There will be demons pounding you. My friend will be laughing. And we're primary schoolmates from primary one. Then he repeated twice. The one day I told him, the way you are repeating, that's how you keep repeating until you meet Jesus. I was angry. Then one day, he came to toast a girl in our good news club. And I had reached this point in my anger. I was angry. Oh, close. I looked at him. I said, okay. I nearly called his name now. <laughs> Very small like this, I called him. I said, you, me and you, in this life, we will preach this gospel together. I told him, we will carry generator and go for crusade. I don't know where it came out from Exodus. It just came out from my anger. About 11, 12 years later, 2002. Yeah, 11 years. No, wasn't up to 2003, 2004. This, this entire Chiking girl should have happened like 96, 95. 2002, 2003. We're having a crusade in the barracks. Then the generator we were using died. Then his father had a generator. So we ran to his house, two of us, to pick the generator. As we were crossing the stream, I dropped the generator and I started laughing. Because that was when the Holy Ghost reminded me of the statement I made as an angry child. He said, what is it? I said, you remember that day for the back of the Zampuri house? I say, I tell you, see, in this life, me and you, we will carry generator and go to preach. See the day. He too now, his laugh was now worse than my laugh. I was a very, he's a very silly child till today. When he laughs at you, man, you can go and you, you can cry. My friend, he still preaches the gospel, but he loves money. A businessman. Are you following me? I'm saying to you that an unbeliever can silence you in conversation. Do you realize that the average believer goes to preach already angry at the sinner? It's a Jonah model. Where was she? That means Jonah, where he was seen, had been hearing the story of Nineveh. And how they'll be eating people's children. How people cannot be sleeping with other people's wives. And he's thinking, the day Jesus come back. 
It's like that elder. They are dealt with him. Every department in church he went to, they dealt with him, dealt with him. Then he came to give special number. Because the elders had met against him. Do you understand? Next two. Then they are they were waiting for the song. Then they just said, Run as why Yesuko was a chief brother. She says, Since they don't have work in the church, all they have work to be doing is to be troubling him. Let Jesus come back. Baghdadi. <laughs> it is well with you. Is anybody following my story? Listen to me. Sincerely, if the compassion of God for the lost does not enter your heart, Avoda, to do it the way he did it. No, no. Do you understand? Have you ever sang it, stood in church to say, I'll never know how much it costs to see my sins till today when i sing that line i am very hesitant because really i wish to know how much it costs i'm not saying i want to bear the cost at least i want to know the cost so that i can understand the power that hung him up there how does a man die for a sin he didn't commit what kind of love was that do you understand what i'm saying if that's how much he loved, how much am I supposed to love? Don't you think it is a sin against him for me to hate the people he loved so much he died for? Because almost every time we speak about salvation, we only speak about our salvation. Like, I'll never know how much it costs to see what? My sins. But was not only my sin. John said it was also the sin of the whole world. It means I wasn't the only one he loved. So how can I embrace his love? Then hate the Abu Bakr that he also died for. It means the moment I see my reconciliation. The moment I arrive there and I understand the eternal power that reconciled me. I'll be looking for others for whom he died. To say to them, man, he died. He died for you too. See what he has made me. Because I discovered he died for me. Innocent, he died for you too. Exodus, he died for you. Hear me. Some of you came out from groups, gangs, clubs, a lifestyle, a team of hot girls. And when you walked away, you suddenly became the righteous one. And when they pass, you, your nose is on top of the hill. And I'm thinking, ah, these ones, these perishing ones. No, no, no. When you see them, you are supposed to recline to a corner and cry 
seeing what your life would have looked like if you didn't find Jesus. Then you will run after them and say to them, I found him. I beg Jesus. Paul said, knowing the terror of God, we persuade. No, no. Let me ask you. When last did you persuade anybody? Do you know persuade is? Ella. You invited her home to eat. Asked her what was her problem. Tried to be there. But adventure you could puncture the reason. If that's all it's going to take for you to find an opportunity, would you stop by and eat? We are no longer persuasive. Can we hang out? Can I take you out? We are no longer persuasive. Hear me. In many of our lives, there are at least one, two, three people we left back in the world. Today we hear about them or we see them. And I was thinking, this would have been me. If it does not ultimately work compassion in your heart, then I wonder what spirit you carry. Because actually, the thrust of the evangelical is compassion for the lost. Are you following me? If you disdain or despise the lost, and hear me, when I say compassion for the lost, I didn't say love for what the lost does. Because every believer must hate the sin. But you must love the sinner. Sounds like a contradiction. No, it is not. If you don't hate the sin, you will soon join the sin. Unfortunately, the average believer loves the sin and hates the sinner. When we see them in what they do, we wish we could do it. But we are angry that they do it. Is anybody following? See, I kept up here for a reason. I want to remember that I was talking to you about results. And don't get it wrong. Sometimes God encourages us to In Acts chapter 4, when the apostles were threatened never to speak again in the name of Jesus. You remember that story? The Bible says they were flogged and sent back to men of their company. Abi, I like the way King James put it. He said they laid hands on them. It's not like this. <laughs> they laid hands on them. And they laid hands on them and put them in the hold until the next day. For it was now. Do you know what hold is? Like they laid hands on them and they said, pause in the name of Jesus. Our brother, they quaff them first. Quaff them properly. Then that hold is prison. <laughs> Detention. They say, okay, while we be deciding, because it's evening, while we're deciding what we do with them. Give me, give me, quickly. How many of them which heard 
the word what and the number of no 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 no. that means out of the laying on of hands came the salvation of five thousand people Ah. no no out of the laying on of their hands do you understand next let's go the story had not finished it has not finished verse five go and it came to pass on the morrow that their rulers and elders and scribes yeah you remember it was evening and Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and John and, and Alexander and as many as were of the kindred of the high priest were gathered together where? At Jerusalem. Because they had caught the head, the headship of those rascals who said that Jesus was alive. And when they had set them where? They asked, by what power or by what name have you is the healing of the so imagine that you finish healing a crippled man and what you collect was laying on our hands. Then Peter, what? Oh God. If they beat you last night, what was the intent? To, so that you can enter into hopelessness. Then when you come out tomorrow, you are of a broken spirit. Then you are saying, we are sorry, we don't even know why we healed him before. How did they come out in the morning? Oh, kai, kai. am I in the right church? I said, how did they come out in the morning? Filled with the Holy Ghost. That means a man who set out to preach the gospel does not have space for discouragement and despair. That while they are beating him, he said, yeah, that's the gospel advancing. You know, the reason why they are angry and they are beating me is because it is entering. It is entering. You have never refused to buy beer for your father before and he slapped you because you refused to buy beer they said my friend will you go and buy he said sir i love jesus and i wish you could love him too and your father quite you slap you know you go and tell him somebody is suffering somebody will preach because he said oh jesus will show up and save him no you live in that kind of result-oriented generation where you are thinking suddenly because you spoke, then your father will start crying and say, my son, lead me to Jesus. When he quaffed you and gave you a few beatings, then you are now the one discouraged. And tomorrow when they say, go and buy beer, you will carry both. They say, that the which one? Gulda. Gulda or star. How did you want to say, Jesus didn't save me yesterday. Is it today you say, no, no. They were beating yesterday. And they came out today how? Filled with the Holy Ghost. What did he do? He said unto them, You rulers of the people and elders of Israel. Peter is about to give them the history of Israel. If we this day be eh, of the... Oh God! <laughs> you know Jesus had told them in that very instance it will be giving you what to say. The wisdom of God, or that's what we call the wisdom of serpents, now reminded them that the reason why they are beating us is because we did a good work. So if we examine of the good deed done to the important man, by what means he is made whole. Next verse. <laughs> Be it known unto you all, and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom You know you need boldness 
after collecting laying on of hands the previous day. You say this can't. They say the same Jesus you crucified is by his name. Whom you crucified? Whom God that's what they hated to hear. Whom God raised from the dead, even by him, does this man stand here before you? How? This is the only reason to desire the miraculous. If the miraculous is not speaking unto the salvation of men, there's no need for it. Next verse. Verse 11. This is the... Which was set at naught of... That means you despised him. You rejected him. Isaiah spoke about it. You have done it. Peter will speak about it later in First Peter chapter 2. Said unto you, he's elect and precious. But unto those who are perishing, the stone that the builders rejected has become the head of the corner. He said, which was set at naught of you builders. Ah, I'm not finished now. Verse 11. Give me, give me. You verse 11. Which is become the head of the corner. Next verse. Verse 12. Neither is there. Oh! For there is none other name under heaven given where? Whereby no way! No other way. No other name. We're not confused about this. You're saying before you could come by Abraham, you could claim the covenants of Moses. But right now, there is no other name. There is no other name. Under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. There is no other name. There is no other name. Every tongue must confess and bless the name of Jesus. Every tongue must confess and bless the name of Jesus. No other name. Next verse 13. Now, when they saw. You can't convince anybody if you are not coming with holiness. I'll show you what happened when they went home and considered the wound and what Satan began to do in their hearts and what they prayed. When they the boldness of Peter and John and they perceived that they were and hear me, that means their English was not tush. When they say perceive, it's not discernment. Like, uh -uh. It's like this guy didn't used to know how to speak English. No. He was still using PG English. Broken street colloquial scattered English. But what they needed to communicate had to come out. And it came out with such boldness, it didn't matter if they were unlearned. Oh God. No, you didn't hear me. Wow. Some of you already wow. have a learning as advantage. But scripture is saying that even in their day, when they could have been despised, you know what it means to stand and preach in English? In the midst of learned people? First, the, the 
stigma. This rubbish people is lack of school. I was making only refrats could have followed that kind of rubbish man. Even their state didn't deny them the opportunity to witness the gospel. He said, when they perceived that they were learned and, and ignorant, unlearned and ignorant men, they what? And they that that means only Jesus can make you confident of the things that men are not very proud of. Oh God. That really, when you meet Jesus, part of the things he does is this kind of result. You remember what we were talking about? Whether you have it or not does not stop your boldness. So we are thinking, if Jesus can only settle this marital issue in my life, if he can only... Because if I go to preach and say, they will ask me, if, if this Jesus is real, why is he not giving me a husband? No, if Jesus can only solve this lack of job in my Abby, because you are thinking, if they now go, if I now go to preach, they will now say, it's because I'm jobless. Eh, Moses, you know, it's easy to sit down and say, if, if I was blazing in school and I had, eh, if I was on like 4.9, I cannot carry the gospel. See the kind of result one has. If I now stand up now, they will say, if I truly have Jesus, why didn't Jesus help your academics? Put away that lie of the devil. Sometimes it is your boldness that makes them know that only a man who has met Jesus can be confident of nothing. Do you understand what I'm saying? He doesn't have anything in the natural, but he looks too hopeful. He looks too alive. Those of us who have things to hold on to, we are not as confident as he is. It's part of the reasons why it is an insult on the gospel that a natural circumstance of life punctured you so badly that you look like an accident victim because you had a carryover. Do you understand what I'm saying? You are sitting down like you are afraid. They say, What happened? They say, Bro, have you checked your own result? Say, What happened? They say, That my result, my brother. I, I can't see how we can preach in this campus anymore. No, no. You know, some of us used to lie to ourselves. That if God gives us a good result, then our gospel will be strong. But really, me and you know, that is the good result you are looking for, not the gospel. You are, you are looking for GP. Whether it is the tank or the result, you are just looking for GP. Does anybody understand what I'm saying? No. Oh God. We have no excuse. Somebody tell yourself, I have no excuse. Some of us graduated with two one. There are people in this congregation that graduated with first classes. So. 
these guys never went to school fishermen crude people and when they were talking to these guys the boldness with which they speak the confidence the light in their eyes the joy in their heart the the sense of assurance with which they spoke about the fact that they were saved the deepest professor sitting in that room who had studied the torah and added the law and the prophets upon it didn't have the confidence in his eyes when he spoke about god and eternity and they, they said no, no, there's only one place where men can draw such boldness and confidence they must have been with Jesus. It, it, I, did I come to the correct church tonight? Yes, sir. Next verse. Verse 14. And beholding. So, there were two things. There was the evidence of the healed man standing there. And there was the boldness and confident assurance with which these men spoke. Have you noticed that part of the things that puncture our gospel is we are not even sure if we should share it. You have to know. You have to know. The volume with which you are saying it, even the man is forming that he did not hear you. He said, brother, are you at the great Good afternoon. I said, hey, how are you? Say, say, I'm fine, brother. I'll walk. You are using that how walk road because you, you really don't know. Say, yeah. Can I help you? Say, no, 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 you cannot help me. Only me can help you. <laughs> there's, a, there's an assurance with which you speak. That's the reason why when you go preaching the gospel, the first thing Satan goes after is your confident assurance. He tries to take away your boldness. Every time. Every time. And beholding the man which was healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. Next verse. Verse 15. <laughs> oh Lord. And when they had commanded them to go, Aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves. Hold on. You know, if you were coming from Acts chapter 3, are you following? If you were coming from Acts chapter 3, Jeffers, what is the healing of the lame man at the beautiful gate? Who was God targeting? There are certain signs you should ask God for because of the people he was targeting. It was the hour of prayer. That means that hour of prayer was not spiritual hour of prayer. Yeah, because I know a lot of Judaists, you know, people who are doing Judaism. That's one of the scriptures they used to tell that there's an hour of prayer when the potters are up, my brother. Let's not go there. There's no hour that has potter. One day I was doing one hot washing. Then when it was 12 midnight, they came to collect it, that they want to blow so far that the hour has come. The anger that caught me, I nearly came down the stage and told them, continue when you finish. Just when you finish, just blow the shofar to the end of the service. In this thick atmosphere of God, do you understand what it means for the eternal God to be sitting in you? 
Who is answering your prayer? Windows. Who are you praying to? Because if you are praying to the atmospheric air, then we can understand. But you are praying to the God who made all... I beg, leave it. God targeted an hour of prayer. Because the Jews will assemble at the temple in the hour of prayer. Then he took a man whose condition everybody had known. So you can't say this miracle was arranged. Are you following me? Uh-huh. If I bring George now and George is forming blind, and I say today we'll see the power of God in this church, all of you will know it's either a drama or, or arranging. Come on, I say, see! And that just, ah, and I said, see the wonder of our God. You'll be waiting for the next act in the drama. Do you understand? Know because you don't need to be in, in three or four services in church before you know George. Do you understand know what I'm saying? <laughs> or else I carry Josiah and he's forming cripple. <laughs> what will I tell you, that he had an accident last night? Do you understand? Know Are you following me? Raymond, you are insulting in our service. Somebody said something about him, have <laughs> Are you guys with me? Come on, guys. Are you with me? So, God picked a case no one could deny. Because really, the Lord was looking for a center of attention. Hear me. In the days coming, the Lord will give us beautiful gate miracles. You know what I mean? I mean, he will do certain things that will call attention in the entire city. We cannot lose the reason why God is called. You know, you know what happens with the average miracle that happens now? The man of God finds something to put on his poster for the next meeting. we use God's workings for. And what God was looking for was an opportunity to converge everyone. Then you can work salvation. Because every time God raises a burning bush, he really wants people to turn aside to see the sight. Then they can hear a voice coming out from there. If at the end of the day, the voice of the Lord is not heard, then the miracle itself is a waste. When they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves, verse 16, let's go, saying, what shall we do to this man? For that indeed a notable miracle had been done by them is manifest to all that dwell in Jerusalem. And we cannot deny it. God has to give us some undeniable signs. Did you hear me? You remember where we started tonight, innocent? I said that's the reason why the gospel you preach must come with power. And I told you about the power that dries up what? Fountains. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. 
and sinners plunge beneath that flood lose all the guilty lose all their guilty stands lose all their guilty stands and sinners plunge beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains at dying thief rejoice to see that fountain in his day and there may I defile as he wash all my sins away wash all my sins away wash all my sins away and may I do he wash all my sins away today. and since by faith I saw the stream that flow when wounds applied redeeming love has been my theme and shall be till I die and shall be till I die and shall be till I die redeeming love has been my theme and shall be till I die. Since by faith I saw the stream that flowing wound supply. Redeeming love has been my theme and shall be till I die and shall be till I die and shall be till I die
the world to lose all their guilty stains, lose all their guilty stains, and sinners plunge Nobody can take that boldness from us. That way we can begin to ask for notable signs. I told you yesterday, I said signs do what? They follow those who go to preach. What shall we do to this man for? That indeed a notable miracle has been done by them is manifest to all them that dwell in Jerusalem and we cannot deny it. Next verse. But that it spread no further among the people. Let us straightly what? Church. That they speak henceforth to no man. Listen. The first thing they did was laid their hands upon them. What's the second thing they're now doing? Listen to me. You need to know that sometimes the power of a threat is stronger than the power of a king. Because words are spirits. Exodus. If a man looks at you and he says, I will not rest till I kill you. It was words Jezebel used. Moments he did. He punctured the servant of God. You must be careful of words spoken. The best time to defy is when laws come out. Nobody should preach again. I said, we're in Kaduna. That week I went to Zaria. There are things you defy. Next verse. Verse 18. Follow that story with me. And they called them and what? Commanded them not to speak at all. Nor teach in the name of Jesus. You see, people don't stop anything except they are threatened by it. Oh God. I said people don't stop anything except they are what? threatened by next verse was 19 but peter and john answered oh don't leave a threat unanswered they don't threaten you and you walk away you answer even if you are standing before a council the least right you have is the right to an answer then he said to them uh, whether it is right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, you judge. No, no. He's not saying when you judge, tell us the result so that we'll do it. No, he's saying, I have already judged my own. And you know which one I will do. But you, judge. Next verse. Oh God, for but which we have listen to me your conviction must come from the things you have seen and heard no man goes preaching the gospel he's not convinced about now that's the basis of your own experience 
when you stand in God's presence and you say, heal me, O Lord, and I will be healed. When you lift up your hand like that, what you're actually saying is, leave upon me a sign. A sign that convinces me that you heal. So that when I see a man tomorrow in need of healing, I can easily stretch out my hands. Oh God. Does it make sense to you? Lord, provide. And you're not saying it to certain God. You're simply saying, if I see it and I hear it, I will testify of it. Next verse. 21. 21. So then, when they had further threatened them, they let them go. Finding how they might because of the for all men for that which was done next verse oh god and for the man so you can't say it was children's church on whom this miracle of healing was showed next verse and being let go hey they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. That's the text, right? Next verse. And when they heard that, what did they do? To who? No, no, no. To the law court. To judge. To human rights. To the United Nations. To God. You see, if they were not convinced about God and how much God can do, they would have been looking for rights around. The weapons of our warfare. They are not carnal. They are mighty through God to the pulling down strongholds. They lifted up their voices to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God which has made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is. Next verse. Who by the mouth of David has said, so they found a scripture that told them it was normal for the kings of the earth to stand up against God and against his anointing. If you go through anything when you go to preach, if you don't remember that Jesus promised it, your heart will fail. Jesus in Matthew 24 said to them, he said they will take you, they will put you in prisons, they will beat you up and when they are doing that, they will believe they are doing God's service. Then he said, and I have told you these things before they happen, so that when they happen, your heart will not fail. It then means that for every act that is done against you when you go to preach, you must remember a scripture that makes you a partaker of the blessedness of the promise of the word of God. Because it is a blessedness to be found on the right side of prophecy. Where you don't want to find yourself is the side that is executing the punishment. But if it is you upon whom the punishment is being executed, it then means that you were given the privilege to watch what Jesus had spoken before you came come to pass in your life. 
Or how do you think you were going to receive the blessedness that Jesus spoke about when he said, blessed are you when men revile you and say all manner of evil things against you falsely. If there's any blessing in scripture and you desire to get it, then you must go through what it said. Men must revile you and say all manner of evil things against you falsely. So if that happens and you sit down and you are crying, then you did not even know that there was a blessedness locked in there. Nobody goes to preach until he knows that there are certain things, certain perils waiting for the preacher man. He said, you are the God who made the heavens, the seas, the earth and all that dwell therein. He said, and it was you by the mouth of your servant David. That was long before we came. You declared, why do the hidden rage and the people imagine a vain thing or vain things? The kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered together against who? And against his Christ. For of a truth against your holy child. See, they, are, they were not talking about their own. Jesus said, if they had loved me, they would have loved you. He said, but if they hated me, and they persecuted me, and they will kill me, then you only naturally expect that they will hate you, they will persecute you, and bring you to the killing. You know, that's a part of the gospel that's quickly disappearing. Jesus added in that verse of scripture, sir, he said, a servant cannot be better than his master. It is only meet for the servant to be like unto his master. We quote them as though they were separate parts of scripture. That's why we lose what Jesus was saying. What Jesus was saying is there's nothing they can do to you that was not first done to me. And the greatest honor you will get is that they do as much to you as they have done to me. But they can never do to you more than they have done to me. You understand it? That's and they love not their lives. You know, that's how ancient soldiers used to war. When it's obvious that the army in front of them overwhelms them in number, what they shout before they enter war is to the death. That was what John was writing. And they love not their lives even unto death. Is that to the death, that declaration. That even though we can see the raging flood, but bearing the sword of the Lord, we would rather go and die in the flood than retreat. Because the gospel was not given to turn back. Every record of the gospel is advancement. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God has forcefully advanced and only upon the shoulder of violent men has it happened by force. Do you understand it? So we don't turn back. We, we don't turn back. Innocent. We are going back to reclaim lands in Kano, Katsina, Zigawa, Kebi, Sokoto, Zamfara, Bo, 
Borno, we are going back to reclaim lands. We are entering to the fiercest places. We are entering with the love of Jesus and the power of his gospel. We are not a generation that is about to retreat. We are not. We are not. And we will not sit down and fold our hands and imagine that nothing is happening. No. We are going to take our lands. You know why we call them our lands? Because the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So I don't care what your history is. Let Uthman Danford you be your double father. Let it be that two women gave birth to you, only one you, by Uthman Danford you. The earth is the Lord's. And uh, why are you guys talking like this? I said the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. We will go to China. We will bring down the walls. Because the earth is the Lord. And the fullness. No communism anywhere will stop the power of the gospel. The least Chinese people have the right to is hearing the word of God. They must hear it. Let them at least have a choice. So next time you are hearing, say yes to the people now in England. When you are hearing it, be listening the nations. And tell yourself, every seed of God arises in this day because we are taking the gospel back into those places. India, Pakistan. <laughs> I say we will raise a church in Pakistan. We will have a pastor there. Every culture deserves to hear the gospel of Jesus. And we are going back there. We are a missionary church. In fact, we should buy a missionary van soon. Get one 18-seater bus. Write missionary on it. You know churches buy bus that they are using for school runs and pastor's house. Then they write missionary on it. They were doing no mission, but on the bus is missionary. We break through villages. We will land and set our speakers and shout from the mountain top. We will jam our music. The entire village will come out. We will preach our Jesus, heal their sick, raise their dead cleanse their lepers that's what we will do and we will do it from village to village to village until the lordship of jesus is established again we will do it with no preparation we'll just land your village square you will just hear music then you start seeing people on the stage who you only see on tv because i'm going to take a charge to gospel musicians. We have left missions. We are looking for CD record. And sales. And some of you who are rich. Pay for 10,000 CDs. Let it be distributed. For the truth. Against your holy child Jesus. Whom thou hast anointed. Both Herod. And Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered. These people had never agreed before.
It was in the day of killing your son that they gathered together. And in the days coming, alliances are going to start happening in the earth against the church. Because really, this is the power, this is the working of the power of the prince of the air. If he can take away the knowledge, the knowledge of the name of Jesus, if he can wipe it. <laughs> but he has not seen a generation, a resilient people, a Habakkuk 2.14 people. The knowledge of the glory of the Lord will cover the earth in their days like the waters cover the sea. Our persecution will advertise us. I'm telling you. When they gathered together, what did they do? I love this verse of scripture. For to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel. So God finished determining what should be done. Then he gave it to the enemies of Jesus to execute. Next verse. And now, Lord, what? First, they explained to God how they did it to Jesus. You think they were telling God? No. They were sinking it in their own hearts. By standing before the Lord and telling him, it's a privilege for me to walk the path Jesus walked. The church has heard so much of the substitutionary work of Jesus and heard so little of the exemplary work of Jesus. It was Jesus himself speaking and he said, if any man will come after me, no, no, if he will come after me, in case you are thinking that's Old Testament speaking, after Jesus is when? Is the cross. If any man will come after me, let him what? Then let him do what? And do what? A man who has taken up his cross is on his way to his death. You can't separate the death of the man from his ability to bear the gospel. Any man who is self-conscious. You remember our first death on Sunday? Any man who is self-conscious cannot bear the gospel. And now, Lord, behold their threatening and grant unto your servants. You see, he didn't say, Lord, sort of their threatening. He didn't say, Lord, kill everyone who threatened us. He didn't say, Lord, reduce the threatening. He said, Lord, answer their threatening with multiplied boldness. Behold their threatening and grant unto your servants that with oh they may how how would they speak it with all boldness that means as your threatening multiplies our boldness multiplies as your threatening multiplies our boldness multiplies as your threatening multiplies our boldness multiplies and then they they suggested to God how to multiply their boldness. <laughs> How will you do it? And may be done by the name of thy holy child 
meaning that as we see your hands working that means every evangelist needs a sign by God that when you stand in the field the Lord has to leave some you know I asked certain questions a few days ago I was telling you how that mad evangelist like evangelist Paul Gindry were here you John Sam saying people came as evangels from America, from the UK, from the US. They came here before the outpourings of Azusa revival, so they were not speaking with tongues, but they were exhibiting power. Where did they get the power from? There are signs that accompany the evangelist to strengthen his heart and increase his boldness. That's why the average evangelist will enter a village and then they'll say to you, nobody eats this thing that is sacrificing this shrine. If you eat it, you will die. And hey, you have eaten it. Tomorrow morning you will swell. Then they'll come tomorrow morning and you are healthier than last night. They say nobody walks through this desert. When you go to preach, find the nothings, nobodies, the, all the no's. Find the red tapes. Break through them. Because that's your sign. That's your wonder. When the Lord does it, even your heart is encouraged. Find the red tapes. When they say children in this village, their life doesn't ever make sense. Say, give me one. Give me, just give me one. Give us three months. Look for the impossibilities. Till every nation rise and tell your name. Now my tongue will rise and sing your praise. Hallelujah, you reign. Let every nation rise and tell your name. See, in every nation, tribe, people, tongue, there must be a witness. You know how I know? Innocent. The song in heaven cannot com be complete until we say, and you have redeemed us unto God from every nation, every tribe, every people, and every tongue. And you have made us unto our God, kings and priests, and we shall reign. Hear the testimony Pastor Sam shared yesterday. Imagine how encouraged the boys who put together that meeting would have been. To hear that a man was sitting in his house. They know they did not call his name. But he heard his name. He came out. He didn't see anybody. Then when he didn't see anybody, he went back inside. Then he heard his name again. Then he came out. Then he was hearing the direction from which the name was being called. And he walked in the direction until he arrived at the meeting. Even if the boys were feeling our uh, meeting, oh, all these small, small children meet, if they had come through some religious persecution the week before, when they see that testimony, they will be sure that the hand of, because God does not join your group. God is not in your group. We are the elders. Anything God wants to do, he should do by us. No, no, no. He goes and he meets the children. And when he wants to straighten them, what does he give them? He gives them a sign. 
I told you about the revivals we had in school. One of the nights we stood there and we were worshipping. And I saw him, the Lord. He was standing there. I fell flat at my face. Three, four people around the circle said they saw. They didn't know who it was. But they knew that there was a strange presence there. I laid at his feet. I was there for close to three and a half hours. When I got up, I got up instructed. Then I began to teach. And I was bringing the instructions. Innocent. Then one of our girls started, Hey! Then she lifted up her hand. And we said, what? The stars had formed a heart-shaped constellation. None of us had ever seen it in our lives before. And I've never seen it afterward. The stars arranged themselves in a heart-shaped constellation. If I was under trial that kind of time, when I come out tomorrow, my eyes will be sparkling bright. Whatever you say will not get into me. Listen to me. When your heart is getting punctured, ask the Lord for a sign. Lord, give me a sign. Show me a working. Do a wonder. Just do something. And God is faithful. Give you a sign. The Bible says, and when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And what happened? And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they speak the word of God. What? Is anybody joining the journey of the evangelist tonight? So, let me conclude like this. Come back. If you go out and you have determined in your mind what sign you want to see. And you go out and you do not see that sign and return. You will be punctured. But if you go out with your eyes open, asking the Lord, Show me a sign that you are here. Even when you don't see the ultimate result, the sign of the Lord will comfort your heart. Because we lose the preacher. Thank you, darling. Sit down. I kept you up so that you can remind me of where I start. We ultimately lose the preacher. Because he was expecting that when he spoke, people should just fall down and cry and accept what he said. When it didn't happen, then I'll be thinking, especially if you come on Sunday and we decide to take praise reports, and a few people say, you know, before I started speaking, the person began to cry. Then you are thinking, is it me that the Lord does not want to confirm? What did I do against the Lord? What you didn't know is that every unbeliever you meet is at a different level of preparation of the heart. But sometimes you must accept, I planted, Apollos watered, God. Give me increase. So you need to be able to walk away knowing what the Lord sent me to do. 
And every time you come back home feeling punctured, what did I say? Ask the Lord for a sign. Hear me. And this is the reason why we came out tonight, Joya. We came out to say, where is God in the midst of all of this? Give me Habakkuk chapter 2 from verse 10. Where is God in the midst of all of this? One of the confidence you must have is that throughout scripture, you remember when we were reading about the persecution of Jesus, he said they took him by wicked hands only to do what your counsel had predetermined. One of the things that will encourage us as a people to go preaching the gospel is we must start to find out what did the scripture say about the harvest and the end. Are you following me? Because if we find what the scripture says about the harvest and the end, then our hearts can begin to be encouraged. Then we say we are that generation. Does it make sense? Oh, come on. Does it make sense? Ah. That was consulted. Ah. Give him from verse 1. Let's just let's run it down, right? What I'm looking for is in verse 12 or so. Going down. I will stand upon my watch and I will set me upon the tower and will watch to see what he will say unto me and what I shall answer when I am reproved. Next verse. And the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain upon tables that he may run that readeth it. Next verse. For the vision is yet for what? Notice in Habakkuk chapter 2, he started speaking about an appointed time. So he was saying that everyone who saw the vision must write it so that everyone who reads it will run with it. Meaning it is the culmination of running generations that will burst the appointed time. Does it make sense to you? So if I see the vision today and I tell you surely it is coming, you will start to run. But you too, by running, you will be writing the vision. Then the next generation will collect it from you like a relay and run. When the appointed time comes, that which the Lord has ordained to do will come to pass. But will only come to pass on the heels of those who read that which has been written. Are we on the same page? Are we on the same page? It then means that in every generation we must have readers. And reader is not, I'm not talking about your primary school comprehension book. You know, that's what we used to call primary school comprehension books. Where your reader? Are you following me? Readers are men who realize that there's something God has been doing in the earth before they came. Then they will read what he has said and then look at the lives of others who have run with it. Do you understand what I'm saying? So that they can, both by the impartation of the book and the impartation of the lives that ran before them, they can gain understanding as to how to run because there is something the vision is saying ultimately which will surely come to pass, but it was designated for what? An appointed time. An appointed time means that God reserved the time. Is yet for another appointed time. But when shall he speak? Come on now. When shall he speak? That 
That means you will run and run and run and run and then there will be a finishing generation that will find the speaking of that which has been written. At the end, shall speak and it will not lie. Now, note, notice, notice. If, let's run. Dalla, man, sir, stand up. Ray, stand up there. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, sir. Yeah, thank you, man. Stand. stand. We're running. Notice. If I was the receptor of the vision and I believed God, give me something. If I was the receptor of the vision, let me take your Bible so that I don't, give me your phone. Uh If I was the receptor of the vision and I believe God, the vision will have said something. Alright? Let me give you an example. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be exalted above the hills. And all nations shall flow to it. They shall come to the mountain of the Lord's house saying, teach us his ways and walk in his path. When I run with it, what qualifies me to run is that I expect to see it. David said, I would have fainted except that I expected to see the goodness of the Lord. Where? That means there's no generation that receives a vision and runs with it as though it will come to pass in another generation. If it comes to you with any of such impression, what will happen almost naturally is that laxity will come with the running of it. So I will run believing. See the way them John wrote. The way them Peter wrote. See the way John wrote, finishing his epistle. When John was writing, he sounded like some of you will be here when the return will happen. That was how Jesus sounded. He sounded very hopeful in his declaration of return. So Peter was writing and he was saying, some of the people who received that hope have slept now. But some of them are still alive and they are with you. What he's actually saying is, well, even if there's one person still alive, we are hopeful that the Lord who told us he's coming soon will return and we will see. Until the very last person died. Uh-uh. The transition, watch this. The transition normally from this generation that received the vision to this generation is a tough one. Because these ones received it with sight. These ones have to receive it fully by faith. That means what these people saw by sight. These ones have to learn it by faith. So most times this generation will stumble and come and do you understand what I'm saying? They'll be asking night and day, are we so? And a number of people, Charles, will fall off here. But God will always preserve at least one man. One Martin Luther. One. Just one. Who will find the dictates of God, then pass it. When he takes it, what he has going for him is he's looking at the tenacity of the person who delivered it to him and the authenticity of the word spoken. Then he too gathers hope and says, it is in my time that this will come to pass. Then he runs and runs and runs until he notices that his strength is failing. Then he will call his children and instruct them. And tell them we waited all our lives for this fulfillment. Now, the tendency with the last generation is that as they take it, they'll be thinking, if our fathers have waited all these years, what is the possibility 
until God breathes the fires of revival, that generation will run. And the more they run, the more they are seeing something that looks like the finish line. That's our generation. Until one day we wake up and we are too convinced. That's the finish line we're looking at. That's it. And you know what? When we sight the finish line, the energies of all generations suddenly we are shouting it is true everything that's written in the book it is true whatever he says he will do it is true he's the son of God's right hand oh Lord Messiah is true oh Messiah. The moment we arrive at that Messiah, <laughs> the world has not seen the kind of energy with which we will break the finish line. Thank you, Sama. No, stay with me. The world. So when we flip the pages of the book and we start to look for what was said concerning the end, how will it finish? Then we start to ask ourselves, are we that generation? What then do we expect? Because there are two ways you can preach. You can preach like Noah and be saved alone or you can preach like Jonah and save the whole city. I, there's something inside of me that believes that we're going to have a Jonah kind of evangelism. No. I don't mean, sorry, I mean a Jonah kind of result with a Noah kind of evangelism. Or if you want, a Lot kind of evangelism. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end, what? It shall speak and not lie. That means these ones have the right to think, is it true? But you, at the end, <laughs> cannot lie. Cannot lie. Don't eat. Don't eat. What? Because it will and it will not now the bible told you told you it had already tarried it means that there's a people in whose hand the moment it enters what had tarried will no longer tarry behold his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him but the just that means the man who lifted up his soul is not upright inside of him. But then he began to describe to you a different kind of people. They didn't live by what they were seeing. Because the man whose soul is lifted up is living calculatedly. But this man who is called the just, how does he live? By his faith. 
What is his faith? What is his faith? It will surely come to pass. So, if Noah was building an ark, who is the man whose soul is lifted up? Every man who is observing him. My friend, do something useful to your life. But what is Noah doing? Oh, come on, help me. What is Noah doing? He's building an ark. What is he living by? By his faith. He's living by the voice of the one he heard saying to him, I'll destroy the earth with a flood. And even though his entire generation was haughty, Noah kept his faith. Next person. You also, because he transgressed by wine, he's a proud man. Neither keep it at home. Who enlarged his desire as hell and is as death and cannot be satisfied. But gathered unto him and heaped unto him. Who is he talking about? The man whose soul is lifted. Next verse. Shall not all this take up a parable against him and a taunting proverb against him and say woe to him that increaseth that which that which is not his how long and to, to him that laded himself with thick clay alright so who is actually raising a parable against him it is the just next verse shall they not rise up suddenly that shall bite thee and awake that shall vex thee and thou shall be for booties unto them next verse because thou hast spoilt many nations all the remnant of the people shall notice the one whose soul is lifted what has he been doing spoiling many nations what will the remnant do It then shows you that while there was a preservation of the faith happening, there was a spoiler who was spoiling. And he looks like he was gaining ground. He was advancing. He was swallowing. But he told the just to write a parable against the spoiler. That in the end, the remnant of the people will what? Spoiling him means they will take away that which is precious that remains with him. Oh, I wish you were hearing our prophecy. That even though Satan has gone on rampage in every generation, as the end begins to approach, those of us who remain in faith are about to spoil him like he has never seen before. The last time he was spoiled like that is in Colossians chapter 2. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made an open soul of them triumphing over them in their game oh lord oh god oh why would they spoil him because of men's blood and for the violence of the land of the city and of all that dwell where therein verse 9 woe to him that coveted an evil covetousness to his house that he may set his nest on high that he may be delivered from the that power of evil is not saying that he wants to be delivered from satan or saying that he was trying to raise things securities of the earth hoping that that will save him against the last day the evil day 
thou hast consulted shame to thy house by cutting off many people and has sinned against your soul verse 11 for the stones shall cry out of and the beam out of the shall no you don't understand all the things you have used to build up your secure houses they will answer you that when the day of the Lord comes, that system which the people of the world has have raised, the system itself will reject them. Next verse. Verse 12. Woe to him that builds a town with blood and establishes a city. He was actually talking about the advancements that were happening while the just was living by faith. It looked like Satan had spoiled. He had eaten up. He had taken ground. He had built up cities by the blood of men. He had... Is anybody following me? I said we, we have to find prophecies of the end. That vision is for what? An appointed time. Behold, is it not of the Lord of hosts that the people shall labor in the very fire and the people shall weary themselves for no what he was saying was god designed this so that the people will labor and weary themselves in vanity before this day appears what day give us 14 give us 14 eh? what day Did you see the word for there? So suddenly the people would, they would discover how vain all their pursuits were. And how vain their cities of blood have been. How vain the systems they have tried to raise are. They will suddenly know how vain the help that they raised for themselves, hoping it will secure them against the evil day. They will suddenly know how vain suddenly it will be clear to them that all of that vanity couldn't save them why will it be clear to them because the knowledge of the glory of the lord will do what? it will cover the earth until the knowledge of the glory of the lord takes over the
waters, like the waters, yeah, like the waters that cover the seas until the knowledge of the glory of the Lord until the knowledge of the glory of the Lord takes over the earth like the waters, like the waters, yeah, like the waters that cover the seas. One more time. Until the knowledge of the glory of the Lord, until the knowledge of the glory of the takes over the earth, like the waters, like the waters, yeah, like the waters that covers the seas, until the knowledge of the glory, until the knowledge of the glory of the Lord takes over the earth.
that's how hopeless Jonah was. He didn't think anything will come out of Nineveh. And then even when he thought of it, he said, I know you, you are merciful. Let me not go and tell them and then you will save them. God is willing to save. And in our day, he will show it. I said, God is willing to save. Come on now. I said, God is willing to save. And in our day, he will show it. See the people, it will worry. Give it low, guy. Warn to him that giveth his neighbor drink, that putteth that bottle to him, and makest him drunken also, that thou mayest look on their. Did you notice? You remember in the earlier verses, he said the hot man was filled with what? Wine. So now it is saying, in the day when the glory of the Lord covers the earth, woe to the man who was the one who gave his neighbor the wine to drink. When the person drank the wine, what did he do? He looked upon their nakedness. Who is there? It's the righteous. That's why you go to preach and I believe a sinner will make you think, boy, that's very foolish. He has drunk of the wine. Next verse. 16. Thou art filled with shame for what? Uh, no, you don't understand. When the glory of the Lord is sealing the earth, that corrupt system will be filled with what? Shame. And let your foreskin be uncovered. The cup of the Lord's right hand shall be turned unto thee. And simple spewing shall be that those magnificent things that the people of the world have exalted. The cup of the Lord's right hand is the cup of his vengeance. He will turn it upon them. And then everything that they exalted will suddenly be shameful. And suddenly when a man was looking at you and he was thinking all this Jesus thing that you are doing. For the violence of Lebanon shall cover thee and the spoil of the beasts which made them afraid because of men's blood for the violence of the land, of the city, and of all that dwell therein. Oh God, I'm coming to the, to, to the verse. What profited the graven image that the maker thereof had, the molten image, and a teacher of lies, that the maker of his work trusted therein to make what? Suddenly it will be revealed to them that the molten images they have made to worship, they were the ones who made it. And that those images are actually done by those. You know how they will know? I will show you. Give me verse 19. Woe unto him that says to the wood, Awake, to the dumb storm, arise, it shall. Behold, it is laid over with gold and silver. But how did they realize it? Last verse. How did they realize it? the Lord is because the Lord will show up in his holy temple who is the temple of the living God because the Lord will show up in his holy temple what will happen to all the earth let all the earth every dumb idol every false speaking every graven image every mountain image that men have raised let them be silenced before him because the Lord 
the manifestation of the Lord in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. That hope will come alive. The world will see it. They will see the one they have despised. They will see the stone that the builders have rejected. And they will see him as the head of the corner. That day is surely coming. It is the hope of everyone who preaches the gospel. Lift up your voice and give the Lord thanks. Give him thanks for the day of the Lord is coming. His day is at hand. No, the Lord will not always be in obscurity. You must know it. So when you go to preach him, you'll preach him boldly. The Lord will not always be hidden from the sight of men. You must know it. So that when you go to preach him, you will preach him boldly. There's a day coming. He's silencing the graven images of men. And the violence with which they came up against the just. He will silence it. The foolishness with which the just held on to the things that they heard. For the vision is for an appointed time. It is for an appointed time. Oh, we believe we are the generation of that appointment. The Lord is in his holy temple. Let the whole earth. Put Allah take him on a the Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord is in his holy temple. Let the whole earth. Let the whole earth. The workings of the Lord in me is about to silence the idolatry of the earth. The workings of the Lord in me is about to silence the voice of blood and violence. Oh, even the secure habitations in which the unrighteous dwell, it is coming down. It's so that the glory of the Lord can be seen. No, we will not go away quietly. No, the glory of the Lord will be seen in the earth. We are not going to disappear just like that. No, the glory of the Lord will be seen in the earth. The knowledge of his glory will cover the earth like the waters cover the seas. Everyone who goes preaching the gospel must know it. That the Lord wants to make a declaration, a show in the earth. The Lord himself. Let your soul know it very well. Let it be written upon every fabric of your being that the Lord is coming and he will not keep quiet. A violent fire burns before him. There's a mighty storm round about him. It is the day of the witness of the Lord. The Lord is about to speak in the earth. Every man will see him exalted. As it was when Moses lifted up that serpent in the wilderness. So shall it be in these days when the Son of Man shall be lifted up. So shall it be. Pados came on a kataya. It won't take a begaza. La bloco to prea kadamakate. La tosco pototoya. La pradeke koto brigadier of Gazanamakate begate. 
mountains that cover the seas. The Lord is determined you not turn back until the knowledge of the glory of the Lord takes over the earth. We are like the waters that cover the sea. Say it one time. Until the knowledge, until the knowledge of the glory of the Lord takes over the earth. Like the waters, like the waters, yeah, like the the waters, like the waters, yeah, like the waters that cover the seas. One more time, until the knowledge of the glory of the Lord, until the knowledge of the glory of the Lord takes over the Ezekiel 47. Let's close on Ezekiel 47. Go meet Ezekiel 47. Until the knowledge of the glory of the Lord takes over the earth. <laughs> like the war. Give us eight. Then said he unto me. Now, you, you know the story in Ezekiel 47. It's a story of the prophet as he went from ankle to knee to uh -huh. and you remember I've spoken about the river here that's the night we received the song take me deeper draw me nearer and I told you that as he advanced within the waters he was coming closer to the threshold of the temple by the time he was overshadowed it meant that he had arrived at the source of the river then the bible said that that river Give over seven. This is how. Then I returned. When that is finished, give over seven. 
And when I had returned, behold, at the bank of the river were very many trees on one side and on the other. Verse 8. He said, then said he unto me, these waters issue out towards the east country. And they go down where? And then they go to where? Until the knowledge of the glory of the Lord, does what? Covers the earth like what? That. So, they go down into the desert first. And then they go into where? That means they heal dry places first. Then they sit upon the glories of the earth. Now see what happens when they come into the sea. So that you will not only expect judgment. Because it's not only judgment God comes to do. When he puts his glory over the earth. Like the waters cover the seas. What else does he do? Which being brought forth into the sea. Hey, I wish you heard me. What, what will happen to the waters? And waters in prophetic language. Is actually speaking about the peoples. The waters shall be healed. How will they go? And it shall come to pass that every sin that liveth, which moveth, whithersoever the river shall come, shall live. That's the kind of river we're going with. Notice. What we are touching are things that live. What happens to them? They live. Uh, no, no. And it shall come to pass that everything that uh, no, John Paul of them, which we have shall what? Everything that shall, uh, everything that shall, that means that we have the right to believe that if we have entered into the day of the fullness of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, that everything that has breath that comes in contact with us and receives of the river of life shall live. That means the first life is suk. The second life is the way. That everything that had breath in it will suddenly connect to its Zoe source of life. Every oh God, I don't know how you want to pray for the river that is inside of you. It means I have the right to believe that everyone with whom I come in contact with by the river of God that is inside of me, I have the right to believe that they must live. I have the right to believe. I have the right to believe that if what he spoke about was the Holy Ghost, and the Bible says, out of my belly shall flow rivers of living waters. Everything that liveth, which moves upon the earth, wherever my rivers shall come, everything shall live. Lift up your voice and declare it. So that the knowledge, the covering of the earth with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord is not just for judgment. It is also for healing. It brings life. Yes,
Come on, lift up your voice and pray. That's how you get your household saved. That's how you get your village saved. That's how you get your nation saved. That's how you get your environment saved. You must just believe that this river that is issuing out of me, for the Lord is in his holy temple. That river is coming from the holy temple. That's where it is coming from. The Lord is in his holy temple. It is the rivers of God inside of me that will silence the lies in the earth. Now the Lord is in his holy temple. Let the whole earth I've got the life of God in me. I've got the life of God in me. I've got the spirit of the Son of God. I've got the life of God in me. I've got the life of God in me. I've got the life of God in me. I've got the spirit of the Son of God. I've got the life of God in me. Say, I've got the life. I've got the life of God. Say, I've got the life. I've got the life of God in me. I have the spirit. I have the spirit of the Son of God. I've got the life of God. Say, I have the life.
So a very great multitude of fish is speaking about, oh! I say our own evangelism will not be with no effect. When it started, it was not with no effect. Peter spoke, 3,000 believed. They laid hands upon him, 5,000 others believed. Now, here, he said, because, why will there be a great multitude of fish? Because this river comes there. The moment this river comes there, Olaito, the fish will come out. You will soon see something about the fish. But here, he said, for they shall be healed. And everything that that means that healing, the interpretation of that healing is that a great multitude of fish will come out of that sea by reason of the covering of that river. And everything that live wither the river coming. Verse 10, verse 10. And it shall come to pass, Mola take paraka, that the oh, he's talking about you now. Oh, what is he talking about? Oh, come on. What is he talking about? He's talking about me. And it shall come to pass that the fish shall, shall stand upon it from Engedi even unto Enigliam. There shall be a place to spread forth. Their fish shall be... Oh, Lord, dear. So every one of us will be drawing in fish. How? So if God places me with lawyers, what kind of fish am I receiving? If God places me with doctors, what kind of fish am I receiving? If God places me with little children, what kind of fish am I receiving? And their fish shall be according to their kinds. Oh, as the fish of the great sea, what? anybody believing with me for exceeding many i said is there anybody believing with me for exceeding many give the lord thanks because they're coming just give the lord thanks everywhere thank him because we live to see these days the vision is for an appointed time we see the finish line so we can dare to believe for it we can dare to believe for it i've never believed that the believer will escape from the earth with no accompaniment no the glory of the lord will be seen the earth will know him. Men will know his voice. Men will know him. Men will know his voice. Men will know the Lord. They will know his voice. Oh, la teka pakataya. Lebro do gobo so preke de gese na makati atakata. Nebreke de bege safreka bagasa na makati yaka. Oh, la teki apakarada. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's close on the last two verses. That's 11 and 12. That is be our last two verses. And this will break your heart. He said, but the mighty places thereof and the marices thereof shall not be healed. They shall be given to salt. 
it means that there are mighty places in the sea people whose hearts have entered into deep covenants with satan who will not turn so that in that day when you see the great multitude and you see a few who will not come you will know they were ordained unto this condemnation i told you the prophecy for it is written long before we came part of our responsibility is to find our prophecy lift it up before god and declare to him that has come we close Habakkuk, Habakkuk chapter 2 saying the Lord is where where is he he's in his holy temple when he flows from there what will happen the whole earth will be silent so where's the Lord flowing from from his holy temple there's a river the streams whereof shall make glad world. Go and check that river. Every time it flows, it flows from the temple. This speak he concerning the Holy Ghost, whom they that believe shall afterward receive. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living waters. It is you to suck up. You are the source of the river and you are the one standing by the sea. Standing from Engedi, throwing your nets all the way to Enegliam. As the Lord arranges us, we will throw our nets and there will be sufficient place for us to dry our nets. Listen, when the Bible says there's place for them to dry their nets, it means that their nets will never break. You know the day Peter caught a multitude of fish, what happened to his net? It began to break. A fisherman dries his net waiting for the next day because if he keeps his net wet, it will break. <laughs> Give us 12. But hear this consolation. And by the river, upon the bank thereof, on this side and on that side, shall glow all trees from it, whose leaves, what? shall not fade neither shall the fruit thereof be consumed it shall bring forth new fruit according to his months because their waters they issued out and the fruit thereof shall be for meat and the leaf thereof shall be for me. it's a day of the witness and you are God's witness. I says the day of the witness. And you are God's witness. Jesus said you will receive power. After that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses. We have the right to believe. For a great multitude of fish. Every one of us harvesting according to our kinds. Don't be afraid of your kind. Don't be afraid of your kind. Everywhere you go to now, the Lord leaves for you a witness. You will have fish according. I am your vessel and I'm yielded to you. River of Eden healing restore sing river of Eden spirit of God go through the nation
Are you coming from? Spring from my well. I am your vessel. I'm yielding to you. River of Eden. Heal and restore. Heal and restore. Say river of Eden. River of Eden. Spirit of God. Spirit of God. Flow to the nations. soaked in your rain believing in our hearts that you have found us your people we were once not a people but now we are the people of God we were once not a nation but now we are the commonwealth of God's Israel thank you father make provision for everyone who has to get home tonight keep us from evil thank you in Jesus' name, on everyone's head. Amen. Amen. We'll take testimonies when we come tomorrow. 
Those of you who have not stepped out to preach, don't waste this grace. Just go, step out, meet a few people, speak to them about Jesus. We'll take a few testimonies tomorrow before I teach. But it's been a blessed night. Has it been? It's been a blessed night. We've had five teachings on this series. And I'm trusting God that wherever we stop tomorrow, we'll just shut down that series. Because the first book I'm going to release will be The Go Generation. It's coming out. We will sit on it in the office beat it back and forth. We've got six teachings to sit on. We've got like close to, as I was teaching, I was seeing close to 15 chapters in the book. Today I wrote like three chapters teaching this one. The prophecy that went before us. The kind of people who will bear this gospel. And God's heart for the lost. It's amazing things God is saying to us. And to think that we come for these services unprepared is God. As a people who have been in the office, I've been seeing people since I landed till I came into the service. Didn't have time to study. I had an inclination that we would touch on the prophetic, you know, speakings of God of our days of evangelism. But I, I didn't know in what direction he would go. And see what mighty things he has done. Let his name be glorified.